Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are very excited to be with you on this weird weekday game week where we are playing Utah State today on Thursday. We have a preview of that game for you. We have a week five college football preview, and we have some expansion talk. We have some proper football talk. We got some coups in the pro talk. We got a little bit of everything today that we want to share with you. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal2RoyalPod, where you'll find a lot of fun content, especially in the days leading up to the game and during game day. Make sure you're visiting our website, RoyalStrongAndTrue.com, where you'll find links to all of our platforms and the weekend watch guide coming soon this week. Make sure you're uh, downloading the episodes, sharing it with your friends, leaving some reviews on whatever platform you're listening to. We really appreciate all the support that you give us every single episode. Without further ado, let's get to it now. Let's boo. Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over here! Yes! Let's back this ruler. Yeah! Let's go wild, Let's man. Go, baby. Let's go. We're at a waterfall, dude. Oh, oh, Welcome back, everybody, to the Royal Strong and True Podcast, the best podcast on the airwaves. That was incredible. Actually, you know, I think that just moved it up from number one to number... I don't know. What's above number one? Uh, Number Kansas. Number Kansas, baby. We're number Kansas. Now rank them. Rank them. Rank them. All right. Let's get into some... Housing. Without Dan, we can't clean the house, so we're going to rough the house. Yep, exactly. We're just going to tear everything apart, so Dan has a lot more to clean when he gets back. Uh, Sorry, Dan, but we are not sorry at all. Um, Dan's not here to talk about proper football, so we must do some... Proper football. Proper in order to uh, remember his memory, may Dan rest in peace. Uh, well, I don't know, wherever he's at right now, because he's not dead. We promise. Yeah, no, he's definitely still alive, just maybe not with us right now. We definitely did not kill him. No, that is definite. We did not kill him. We sound very not suspicious right now. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, let's just talk about the U.S. men's national team really quick. Uh, two sentences. We suck. Defense is okay. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to stick with the we suck part. Um, I was very excited for the World Cup. Now I am less excited for the World Cup. Hey, doesn't this is like regular season, okay? It's, it doesn't matter. Like You can be like Oregon State, right? Oregon State 2021 NCAA basketball tournament. Mm. That was just like last place in the Pac-12 until conference started. They heated up, won the conference tournament, and then like... Went to like the Sweet 16. The Elite Eight, yeah. So It's true. We've already qualified for the World Cup. Why are we worrying? We're then, already in. We don't have to win right now. Once we get to the group stages, maybe we'll actually start trying. Hope and pray. Prayers up. <laughs> because we have not looked good. All right, that's enough proper Yeah, that's football. about 25 seconds too long of proper football. Yes, especially... They, the U.S. men's national team did not earn that no, much talking about that. They deserve like two seconds. Last thing... It's the unis. It's the unis. We need to go back to the old unis. The uniforms suck. The Waldo unis need to make a comeback. They're off. All right. Uh, next next up, uh, we promised that we'd give you guys updates on our weekly playthroughs. Yes, uh, we did. So, I got NCAA 14 out on Sunday. 
uh, not Sunday, uh, on a day that was not the Sabbath, and I played uh-huh. BYU versus Utah State. This is how it went. Uh, starting the fourth quarter, it was 27-7. to seven. It was a little bit of a rough fourth quarter. I allowed 28 points. Oh my goodness. But I scored 43. What the? So I may have been kicking an onside's kick and calling a field goal block on defense every single play just to try and get the ball back to see how many points I could score. That's a 71-point fourth quarter. That's like UNC App State kind of level. Yes. Oh, yes. No, it was it was absolutely wild. Uh, it was fun because I already had the game in hand, right? Yeah, but sure. But I ended up going, uh, and instead of winning by 10, I ended up winning by 35. 80, okay. 80 to 45. 80 to 45. Yeah, it was great. Uh, so they covered the spread. Uh, yes. Yes, we definitely... Definitely covered the spread there. The over cashed probably four times over. Yep. Mm-hmm. Jaron Hall was 32 of 37. Not bad. Career high. Yeah. Uh, 598 yards. Okay. 11 carries for 122 yards. Oh my goodness. Six total touchdowns. Okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Uh, we ran the ball for 173 yards. Obviously, Jaron Hall had 122 of that. So yeah. That as you will. Um, we did have one turnover. Oh. Yep, Jaron Hall got hit and fumbled the ball. Can't believe it. Yep, but we also outgained them uh, while scoring eighty points. So, uh, or outgained them in time of possession by like four minutes. So, why? If that's any, uh, I don't know. If 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 that is the crystal ball in which we look to determine the game's outcome, I'm I'm happy. I don't care if we give up forty five points as long as we score eighty. I'm okay. I don't think we'll go that far, but maybe <laughs> winning by 35 will be a realistic goal. Hey, true. With this Utah State team? Maybe. We're going to have to bring it a little bit back down to earth. Uh, I'm going to play my game. I haven't played it yet. I will admit, hand up, but I will play it before the game. Uh, obviously, you're listening to this on game day, so make sure you're checking the Instagram today, and you will see the results of my playthrough, too. Spoiler alert, it's a dub. It's, it's I haven't even played it yet, but it's, it's going to be a dub. It, it's it's, it's got to be a dub. It's going to be a dub. Uh, next item of well, flousing is... You okay, uh, uh, Yes. Yes, I am. Oh. Uh, unlike the Pac-12. Oh. Pac-12 is shaking in its baby seal leather boots, but actually for real this time. Not like Megamind. Uh, the Big Ten is very interested still in Oregon, Washington, duh, Cal, Cal and Stanford. I mean, they're basically Northwestern and Rutgers, right? Yeah, so, yeah they're, basically, they're travel partners for USC and UCLA and their academic schools that will make the Big Ten presidents happy. Yep, that is exactly what it is. That's what it is. Um, but yeah, expansion's heating up. The Big 12 has obviously been implicated with Arizona, Arizona State, uh, Colorado, and Utah. And the word on the street is that Washington State and Oregon State would go to the Mountain West. Um Interesting. Do you think this has any sort of power behind it, or is this kind of just, hey, remember this? I do think it has power behind it because it's not like some random burner account came out with this. It was Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports, retweeted by Tom Fornelli and a, and a lot of the other high-up CBS Sports guys. I think basically what I heard is that they're just waiting on a negotiation from Amazon, and Amazon says that they'll pay for the those ten, four. The Big Ten, right? Yes, the Big Ten. If the Big Ten says that they will pay for those four schools, then it'll happen. What's also very interesting to me right now is that the Big Ten is in that negotiations with Amazon, while concurrently the Pac-12 is in negotiation with Amazon after being dropped by every other network. <laughs> so that is very intriguing to me. It's basically what is Amazon going to do at this point? Is Amazon going to pay the Pac-12 or are they going to try to get into the Big Ten? Right. Whichever decision they make will decide the fate of the next round of college football alignment, in my opinion, mm-hmm. which is absolutely wild. The fact that like this is in 
the TV <laughs> partner's hands and not in like the actual hands of everybody else. But honestly, like, let me ask you a question. Oh, let's hear it. And give me your honest answer on this one. Okay. Who would you rather take? Colorado or Oregon State or Washington State? Oregon State, Washington State. I would take them over, hands down in a heartbeat over yep. Colorado. Colorado yep. sucks. They're not good at anything. Maybe they're good at I don't know. Maybe they're like in skiing or something. I don't Smoking know. weed. Something. Yeah, something nonsensical. <laughs> but all day, I would take Oregon. Oregon State just reno- is like renovating their stadium right now. Yep. And revamping it. I would take Oregon State over Colorado any day. Yeah, I. I see the appeal with Colorado because it's the four corner schools, right? And it's in that region with BYU. Yeah, but it's, it's got history too. Yes, and the and the history obviously in the '90s and whatnot. But the teams right now that have the most promise and the most energy, the most momentum behind them, are definitely Oregon State and Washington State. Yep. Washington State is coming into its own right now. Oregon State, obviously, last year had a pretty good year. This year, they're really showing that they're yeah. they're here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's that's a very interesting point. Um, with the Amazon thing, um, we were talking a little pre-show about this. Uh, it's it's just a thought that I want to get out there, see what the the people think. Obviously, we heard earlier that the Big Ten was going to go 10 a.m. primetime was Fox, uh-huh. 1.30 CBS, 5.30 NBC, or maybe they were flipped. I think it was 1.30 CBS and 5.30 Something NBC. like that. I know like the 3.30 slot. Yeah. Like, there's a 3.30 slot in there too that is like jointly owned. Yeah, by yeah. 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's what I mean. Fair that's enough, fair mean. enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think Amazon with the negotiations because like obviously they're not going to take one of those primetime slots from like a traditional broadcast partner but i think that amazon might take that 8 15 8 30 slot for the big 10 primetime game of the week because if you do add those teams on the west coast big 10 will be in a brand new time zone with those more with more schools right mm-hmm. obviously they're going to have usc and what and ucla over there but if you yeah. add if you have six teams on the west coast you're always always going to have at least one big game in that time slot of yeah, 30. Absolutely. So and and I could see Amazon taking that. And I will say hand up. I watched an NFL game once. I'm sorry. Jared. I, I know. I know. I apologize. <laughs> but it was a Thursday night football game. I didn't watch it for the football. I watched it for the broadcast because it was the first one on Amazon, right? I was very impressed. Yeah, I was very impressed. The stats broadcast that they had. Stats broadcast was awesome. Did you watch the Dude Perfect broadcast? I did not watch that, nor will I ever watch that. <laughs> but it was 4K. It was very high quality. The the one thing, like, obviously the fans needed to be turned up, like, so you could hear the fans. But I thought it was good. And so if that happens, that Amazon takes some of those late night Big Ten games, I'll be very happy. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad about it at all. I mean, almost everyone's got Amazon Prime nowadays. So yeah. not, there's not going to be a ton of people that are missing out on that one. Yeah. Um, last thing uh, before we get into a little more BYU-centric stuff, Northwestern getting a new stadium. And it's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. Uh, I think they said $800 million? Something, something like that, yeah. Uh, so that's a lot of money. Um, I think they really liked playing in that soccer stadium in Ireland because it looks almost exactly like it. Yeah, it looks exactly like a European soccer stadium. Which European soccer stadiums are cool. Like They, I, like, they are. I'm not going to sit here online and say, oh, you know... American football stadiums are so much better. Honestly, no, like, European soccer stadiums have some flair. looks like they're going to build a little complex around it, too, with some grass and stuff, and it's going to have, like, a nice little pedestrian area outside. Northwestern, the fact that they are investing this much into their football program is insane to me because Northwestern hasn't cared historically for years and years and years. But maybe now that they're getting that big check from the Big Ten, 
they're saying, okay, we don't want to lose our spot in the Big Ten. Yeah. We don't want to miss out on these checks, so we have to start investing so that more people come and so that we can survive in this new Super League. So shout out to Northwestern for doing that. I'm just waiting for BYU's $800 million announcement. I was going to say, when are we going to see an $800 million investment in Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Ryan Smith. Mm-hmm. Ryan Smith. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, he's, he's the professor in one of my classes. Maybe I should talk to him. You, you should definitely talk to him about that. I mean, yeah, I'll... I'll interrupt his lecture with 500 other kids in the lecture hall and be like, yo, hey, can you, <laughs> when are you going to invest $800 million in the <laughs> Can you drop a billy on Lavelle Edwards? Make it a dome, please. Before we get too ahead of ourselves on that one, maybe we should move on because I'm going to get crazy if, I, if we keep thinking <laughs> about that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be calling for the like demolition of like the academic administration building <laughs> to build more football facilities. So uh, let's move on before let, I get kicked out by the honor code office. Let, let, let's move on. Um, so before we hop into our preview, I have a pre-preview pregunta. Ah, pre-preview pregunta. Exactly. The triple P. Yes, and it has to do with BYU and yeah. also former BYU players. All right. So Zach Wilson mm-hmm. has been announced that he will be returning. Good for him, right? Well, maybe not. His blindside tackle, left tackle, will be a third stringer. Yep. That has never played above a backup. Mm -hmm. Like, never played as more than a backup in his entire NFL career. Um, But also, Jaron Hall is going up against the serial killers of BYU quarterbacks. Who will be in more peril this weekend? Jaron Hall or Zach Wilson? That's an incredible question. Oh my goodness. Um, I was gonna say okay, Zach Wilson's a little more safe because you know Joe Flacco is old as dirt and he hasn't gotten hurt playing. <laughs> but obviously he had a better left tackle, and uh, Joe Flacco gets the ball out in a second and a half throwing checkdowns, where Zach Wilson's gonna sit there and like for like seven seconds in the non-existent pocket running around trying pointing, to throw pointing people side down the field. throws down yeah. like sixty yards down the field, and he's gonna hit it. He's gonna complete it, but he's also gonna get like his body cracked in half. Jaron Hall, Utah State, we all know the history. They've hurt like quarterbacks left and right, left and right. Even last year, they hurt our quarterbacks. Yeah. They hurt they Baylor Romney. They Baylor gave Romney him a concussion, home, yeah. which is absolutely wild. I do think that BYU's offensive line will be able to, uh, again, we're not huge on their run blocking ability, but their pass blocking ability, elite. yes, they are elite. I do think they will be able to keep Utah State off of them. So I'd say Jaron Hall is in a little less peril as long as he never, ever, ever once in this game decides to tuck the ball and run. All right, let's just hope and pray for that. Yep. Hopefully he won't have to, right? Because we'll be up by so much. I just hope he doesn't. I, I hope he like tucks the ball, takes one step towards the line of scrimmage, realizes what he's doing, and just slides. Yeah. Like for a one yard loss. I don't care. Yep. Or just run out of bounds. I don't. No. Don't even. They'll hit come you. Close. They'll hit you on the sideline. <laughs> Heck, even if you slide, they might hit you then. The, you gotta throw the ball. It doesn't matter. Throw it in triple coverage. I don't even care. True. Just launch it out of the stadium. Yes. Throw a football over them mountains. Like that dumb drive we had against Baylor <laughs> where we just chucked the ball over the head on like out of bounds. Every single time. play. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into our Utah State preview. Let's do it. Four reels now. First up, Justin, what is the most important part of a football game? Oh, you already know, Jared. You don't even have to ask. Our listeners are screaming it out right now. It's the uniform matchup. Let's talk about it. We got some good news from BYU side and very little news from the Utah State side. Yes, uh, BYU going with the royal helmets, royal jerseys, and white pants. The same look that we saw in the Virginia game last year, just with the newer helmet. Um, mm-hmm. I like this combo. I think it looks really clean. Yeah, and it's technically a first-time uniform because it has a different color uh, face mask. 
So yeah, don't don't forget <laughs> about that. Getting down to the nitty gritty. Getting down to the very nitty gritty. Uh, the, the color of the face mask is in fact. It's like royal, royal chrome. It's a royal chrome face mask. Normally we have the white face mask with the royal helmet. So uh, if you qualify that as a new uniform, then you're kind of a whack job. Anyway. <laughs> I think it's going to be very interesting. Uh, Utah State, they're coming to play. They're As an away team, they'll probably be in some combination of a white jersey and navy pants or just all white. Mm-hmm. Who knows? BYU's wearing the white pants, so maybe they'll go white jersey, navy pants, something like that to be the, all, the opposite of it. All we know is that we're wearing royal, they're wearing navy, so that means an automatic dub for us because royal is greater than navy. Absolutely. The, the white will be a milky white, if you will. Oh. Sorry, I had to get that one in there. Milky. I had to. I'm sorry, everyone. Have you noticed? I, I saw this on Twitter. I don't know what they did to the BYU paint this year, like the helmets and the pants and everything. Yeah. But on TV in the past, they've kind of come off as like that eggshell yellowy color. Yeah. But they've like oh changed the color, and it looks perfectly white on TV now. 100% agree with you. In the past, I've been so frustrated because our helmets look cream. Yep. They look like they've been sitting in the sun for six years. Uh-huh. They actually look white this year, yeah. and I freaking love it. It looks great. It looks so much better. Shout out to the uniform combination people, the equipment staff. It's not Billy Nixon anymore. It's um, what's his name? What's his name? He's the truck tracker guy. Yeah, I don't know. No, we'll figure it out. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so somebody named Smelliot Small. Oh, Smelliot Small. Smelliot Small mm. reached out to me and asked about BYU's record in Navy versus in Royal. Because we always talk about how you should get rid of the Navy, right? Get, uh-huh. You know, save the Royals. So, I have some numbers, okay? okay. So, hear me out. Yep. Uh, my research went to 2001. And even then, it was a little hard to find all of them. But I did I did my best. There were only like two or three games which I couldn't find a combo for. Yep. Navy, when we were wearing Navy as the color, right? Whether it's white or, or blue, Navy as a color, 64.91 win percentage. Okay. Royal, and this is since 2001, 61.11% win percentage. Interesting. It's a little lower, but hear me out. A lot of those Royals were against Utah. Yeah. For that 10-year span, we would only wear Royal for the Utah game, and we would lose every single time. Now, I'm not saying throw that out, right? Because it's important. It's, it's important. Yeah, you got to do it. It's statistically significant. Sure. But, but keep that in mind. Now, in the Kalani era... Which right. is what's really important. That that this is where the numbers start to shift, and you can see a very big difference. Yep. So, Navy win percentage since Kalani has taken over head coach, fifty five percent. That is much lower than the sixty five percent that we saw since two thousand one. Ten percent lower, even. Exactly. That's hmm. huge, right? That's like a win per season. Yep. Almost. Um, Royal win percentage, sixty four. Point five two, much higher. Up three percent. So Up. that's a net difference of thirteen percent in exactly. the positive direction. Exactly. And if you take it at face value, it's still nine and a half percent increase. Yep. Or or nine and a half percent better than Navy. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Now this is where it gets really interesting. I broke it down into P five and G five. Now this may be way too much. People might have t- already tuned out by now, but this is where it gets me. When we wear Navy versus P5 teams, we're 50, 50%, right? Okay. We, we win one, lose one. When we wear Royal versus a P5 team, win one, lose one, 50%. Okay. Okay? So no matter what color we're wearing against the P5 team, we have the same chance to win or lose. Here's the kicker. 
when we wear navy against a G5 opponent that we should beat, 57.7%. When we wear royal versus a G5 team, 73.7%. Now that is a huge difference. 16% difference. That is gargantuan. Oh yeah. We have always talked about how BYU underperforms against teams that they should beat, how they play down to the level of the competition. This is why. Yep. Stop wearing navy in the UAB bowl game mm-hmm. and against Boise State. Mm-hmm. What this is this is exactly what I'm talking about. P5 50 and 50, okay? That's where people say, "Ah, yeah, it doesn't matter." Okay. When you're supposed to beat teams that you should beat, you need to wear royal to beat them. That's the truth. It's the plain, simple truth that numbers don't lie. Numbers don't These lie. These are real numbers that Jared put a lot of work into. Here's the thing. You look good, you play good. You mm-hmm. look bad, you play bad. True. And when we, wear, when we wear navy, we look bad. And we play bad. When we wear royal, we look good, we play good. Yep. So that is all the, that should be all the science you need. If you can call that science, I think it's definitely 100% true science. But if you actually need real numbers, Jared gave them to you, and they have confirmed that you do not need real logic in sports. All you need is emotion, and your emotion will guide you to the right answer half the time. Exactly. And we are half bending these to fit our, right? Maybe. 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 But this this is 100% objective numbers. Yep. I went back and did all the numbers. You can break it down to P5G5, or you can just take the full number and say Royal win percentage, 65%. Navy win percentage, 55%. That's all that matters. That's all you need to know. 10% difference, baby. All right. Back thank to you. what we were talking about. Yes. Thank you, Smelly at Call for... Oh, sorry. Smelly, smelly at Small. Small. Mind my you. Bad, my bad. My bad. <laughs> Don't want to give away the 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 we very secret identity of this. Protect the source. Exactly. Shout out to Smelly at Small for asking about that. Now we're going to go into a little more about the Utah State preview. We're going to talk about X's and O's. Let's start out with their very weird offense with a very weird quarterback that likes turning the ball over. <laughs> uh, let's just start with Logan Bonner, shall we? Let's do it. So Logan Bonner was a quarterback against BYU last year. He got injured, left the game. Uh-huh. He reminds me a lot of Brennan Armstrong for some reason. Yeah, I, that's a fair comparison. Right? Like I, I don't know why, but he kind of reminds me of him. This year, he is turning the ball over a lot. He has eight interceptions, which leads the country, mind yep. you, in interceptions. Uh, I think last year's NFL wide receivers, Devin Tompkins in particular, masked a lot of problems and weaknesses that Bonner had. Um, Scott Gerard, the radio play-by-play for the Aggies, came on BYU Sports Nation earlier today and said that last week, before the UNLV game, Blake Anderson said that Bonner was on a, quote, short leash. Now, he threw five picks against UNLV. I don't know how long that leash is, if the short end is still five picks away, Um, but I would not be surprised if we see backup Cooper Lega, who led them to a win over Oregon State in the bowl game last year. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him at some point. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. I'm just surprised he didn't get any snaps versus UNLV at all. The right. only other person that attempted to pass in that game was the punter on a fake punt. Nice. So that's kind of wild. You know, when you look at Logan Bonner's stats, he wasn't, like, inaccurate. He threw 27 of 41, so he completed that much, that's that many of, of his passes. You not know? terrible. That's not terrible at all. It's around 65%. Threw for 313 yards, 7.6 yard average, which those are not awful numbers. No. Sometimes he just made boneheaded mistakes. Get it? And <laughs> boneheaded mistakes. But that's because you, uh, UNLV, Unlove, as we so endearingly call them, played a lot of drop eight man-to-man in the backside. On like, you know, the corners were pressing, but we had they had basically like five Shell people dropping. Shell coverage, deep. yeah. Shell coverage. 
That is exactly what BYU runs. If UNLV could pick them off five times, there is no doubt in my mind that we can contain Logan Bonner and we will not let him throw all over us because he hasn't thrown all over anyone. He didn't. He didn't throw all over UConn. Yeah. He didn't throw all over Weber State. Nope. So I honestly think that we will be able to shut down Utah State's passing game this game. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. Their adjusted passing offense, and I say adjusted because I'm taking out the Alabama game. Okay. If you're Utah State and you're playing Alabama, I, those stats I don't want to see. No. They, they don't They don't count for you, they right? Don't. They don't. Yeah, they shouldn't count for Alabama either, but that's another no, question. They shouldn't. <laughs> sorry, Every Mark. game, they shouldn't count. Yeah, sorry. Until Mark. they play Georgia. Yep. Um, anyway, um, the passing offense, 254 yards compared to our 296. Um, so, like Justin said, Bonner isn't a terrible quarterback. He just makes Bonner-headed decisions mm-hmm. and throws picks. Um, so we might see Cooper Legat. Now, moving on to the run offense. Yeah, let's talk about it. The run offense is, even though they run a super spread sort of offense, the run is the focus of the offense. That's what they try and establish every game. They put the wide receivers out past the numbers, yeah. which... You don't really understand how weird that is until you see it. No, and they're way out there. They're like almost on the bench. Um, and that is all to drag out safeties and corners so that they can open up the box, have more room to run the ball. Um, they average, if you account for the Alabama game, just, you know, bye-bye. Throw that out. They're averaging 161 rush yards per game, which is the same as BYU, which BYU's run game has struggled. But you uh, Utah State... Also, 161 rush yards per game. So, it's nothing to be sniffed at. So, BYU's run defense maybe won't have as hard of a time against as they did against Wyoming. But, that's going to be the focus is whether or not we can contain their run. Yeah, which is very interesting to me. Utah State did not run the ball well versus UNLV. They rushed the ball for less than 100 yards. And, we've been talking about that. BYU's been doing that consistently. But, finally... Broke the 100-yard mark. Miles Davis broke that by himself. <laughs> so shout out to him for that. Utah State only rushed for 96 net yards against UNLV. Now, they that were... does include 13 yards of sacks. True, true. And they were trailing by double digits for most of the second half, so they were probably playing a lot of catch-up, throwing the ball around. Even then, they averaged three yards per carry versus UNLV. Now, that is... Which is that's not, not good. Let me give you some context on that, okay? The University of North Texas, when they played UNLV down a similar amount, rushed for 169 yards and a 4.3-yard average. That's very, very much better. A full yard average better and 70 yards better. Which is huge. And That's North the difference Texas, between second and short and second and long. Oh, absolutely. North Texas and U, and USU should not even be on the same playing field. <laughs> U, like UNT is considered you know, a lower-level G5, USU a higher-level G5. Well, they, we thought. Before this year. <laughs> USU's run offense is not great, but it's still BYU's defensive front that they're rushing against. Exactly. So their their running backs aren't overly fast, nor are they overly aggressive. They kind of have mediocre running backs. I think it'll be a huge storyline to see whether or not we impose our will finally and shut that running game down, or we crap the bed again. Yeah. And something I worry about as well is the offensive scheme that they run, right? Bringing the corners way out. We saw in the Wyoming game, things started to change when Gabe Judy Lolly, when Micah Harper, freaking that man, they started blowing up run plays. And so by Utah State dragging those players so far out that they won't be able to help in the run game, that's where we're going to see our linebackers are going to have to step up, set the edge, because we're not going to have a cornerback to set the edge. 
we're going to have to see how we contain them so that we don't let them run off tackle, which is where Wyoming made a lot of its money in the first quarter against BYU. Yep. I think, you know, their run defense isn't great. Their pass defense isn't great. Utah State's <laughs> given up a lot of points the whole entire year. Granted, UNLV does have a very high-flying offense, and they played Alabama. Yes. But the fact that Weber State put 35 points on them at, U- at Utah State says a lot about their defense. And UConn scored 24 points on them. UConn scored 24 points. UConn hasn't, scored, hasn't sniffed 24 points since. So with our offense, with Jaron Hall being the leader that he is, hopefully he's not playing for too long, but with the leader that he is, with basically everybody coming back on offense except for Puka Nakua, I think that we will be able to move the ball well on this team, and we will put up points. Yeah. I, I do not worry at all about this game as far as a loss is concerned. No. I think the offense will have a doozy with this one. Uh, Utah State's defense is giving up almost 200 yards per game, uh, which is insane. That's even accounting for the Alabama game. If we take that out, they're still giving up 200 rush yards per game. Yeah, which is insane. That is insane. That's a lot of rush yards. That is a lot of rush yards. I think our running attack, obviously, is the biggest question mark about this BYU team besides depth and health. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think we'll we'll be able to run on this team, no matter who the running back is. Chris Brooks, Lopini Katoa, Jackson McChesney, Miles Davis, you know, you name it. Ryan Rico, I don't know. <laughs> yes. And honestly, I do think that, in my honest opinion, I do think that Chris Brooks will start this game still. Okay. I do think, you know, he transferred here. The coaching staff has to put some faith into him. And I do think Chris Brooks is going to run his heart out because he knows right now his job is on He's the line. He's fighting for a job, yeah. Lopini Katoa knows that too, but Lopini Katoa is always kind of be gonna kind of be that number two guy that comes in on some drives. They're gonna utilize him differently in the pass game. Yeah, he'll be utilized in different ways than Miles Davis, so he doesn't have to worry quite as much. But Chris Brooks' job is on the line, and he knows it. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we saw a little bit of a breakout from Chris Brooks. I I would love that. I would love to have some sort of of confidence moving into the Notre Dame game in our running attack. Oh, yeah. I think. As we kind of transition to talk a little bit more about the BYU side of things this time, I think that's going to be one of my main focuses is the run game because we should be able to run on them, but I want to see how we were running on them. Is it going to be a lot of Miles Davis, like explosive runs where he hits the hole hard and gets lots of yards, or is it going to be more of like a Chris Brooks or Lapini Katoa type game where they're just gaining chunk yards every play? Five, eight, you know, six yards a carry. That's something that I really have my eye on because going into Notre Dame, I want to know what we have in the backfield. I want to know who we're going to use on third and three. I want to know who we're going to use on second and eight. Uh, right? Like, yeah. who we're going to use on the goal line. Sure. This is the kind of stuff that we need to know going into a big game like Notre Dame is who we can trust in what situations in our in our uh, running back room and in the backfield. One thing that I'd really like to see this game, too, is whether or not we can force turnovers versus Utah Ooh. State team. So far, we have not done a very good job at forcing turnovers. We forced one turnover versus USF, mm-hmm. and we forced a turnover versus Oregon in, the gar- in garbage time. Two interceptions on the entire year. No recovered fumbles. We've There's been a couple muff punts and fumbles that we could have recovered, but right. we didn't. Right. If we cannot force turnovers versus Utah State team that just turned the ball over six times total versus UNLV, then I'm going to say that our defense has a little bit of an issue. Sure, we're not letting teams score, but if we cannot get our offense extra possessions... That is going to hurt us against Arkansas and against Notre Dame, especially because Arkansas is very good at creating those extra possessions for their offense, and their offense does like to take a lot of time off the clock. Mm -hmm. That is one of the things I would watch out for 
see how many interceptions we get this game. If we don't win the turnover battle, I would be concerned. I agree. I 100% agree. I do not have any worry about our offense turning the ball over. No. But our defense needs to create those takeaways. Like mm-hmm. you said, like if you ask any football fan in the entire world, besides the score, what is the most important stat? A hundred out of ten times, you're gonna say you're gonna hear turnovers. Turnover margin. Turnovers are huge in football. You're essentially stealing an extra possession from the other team. So if BYU can show that they have that ability, I feel like in the past games we've seen that they've been in the right spots to create turnovers. We just haven't capitalized. Our guys have dropped interceptions. We haven't recovered the fumbles. We've done a lot of good things, but we just haven't been able to capitalize on that. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you. That's something that I really want to see. I want to see at least like two or three turnovers this game. Something that's going to be very interesting that you need to keep your eye on. Thursday night when we are playing this game, there is a 53% chance of rain. Ooh. So it might be a rainy day, which has not fared well for BYU in the past. <laughs> I mean, it fared well against USF, but if it's raining during the game, that might be... Boise State! So, keep an eye on that. That might cause more turnovers on both sides of the ball. Hopefully, just on the Utah State side of the ball. Yeah, I'm looking at the weather app on my phone right now. And as it says it's supposed to rain from 3 o'clock until who knows when on yeah. Thursday night. With a chance of thunderstorms as well. Right. So, maybe oh, delays. If, if we get a delay. Kay. I don't think so. Do you remember? So, it's Thursday night football, right? Yeah. That we're going to be playing. Not not the Thursday night football of the, in the No Fun League. Nope. Like, real Thursday night football, mm-hmm. right? Do you remember last year? I think it was like the first week of the season. Boise State went to UCF yeah. and played. And they it was Thursday night. Matt Berry on the call with Lewis Riddick, I think his name is. Um, and the game got delayed until like midnight. Yeah. And it like started at midnight Eastern. Yeah. And will we see one of those games again tonight? That would be wild. Where it like ends up starting at like 930 <laughs> That would be insane. I hope not. I think it just. I think it'll start at six. If we have thunderstorms, I think it'll be light, not close enough in the area. So, let's just uh, hope and pray no delays. Yeah, let's hope and pray. All right. I know the later the game gets, the better BYU does, though. That is very true. Very true. Mm. Unless it, you have to kick a field goal on a Sunday against Utah in like 2012. It, that was debunked. It was debunked. Not really, because we missed all our kicks in the Baylor game too. Huh? <laughs> Dang it! Dang been it. Debunked. Hey. I do not think we'll be in any sort of time where we have to kick a field goal to win, right? Not to win. It would be hilarious, though, if it's, like, midnight and we just miss every single field goal we take. Kalani just, like, runs the ball, you know, in classic Kalani fashion, doesn't want to run up the score, so he just kicks sad field goals at the end of games. Yeah. And we just miss every single one. Shout <laughs> um, out to Goldroid, yep. Jake the Make. Um, What's he, call- he calls himself Goldroid, huh? Uh, I don't know. Because uh, like, we, like we gave him the nickname Jake the Make, but he wanted to be called Goldroid yeah. or something well, like that. Well, there's your problem, dude. Yeah. Just take what the people give you. Yeah. Right? We we take what the people give us. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> back to the game. What needs to happen tonight? Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's Thursday when yes, you're listening to this. Yep. Uh, what do you need? What needs to happen tonight to make you feel good going into the Notre Dame game? Well, one of the things that needs to happen in order for us to win this game is we need to be leading at the end of every quarter. Whoa. This is a stat courtesy of Greg Rebell. I'm not sure where he got it, but, you know, he, he, he got it. He's a mastermind. He is the mastermind of all stats. Under Blake Anderson, USU is 3-0 and when winning after the first win uh, ahead at the first quarter. Okay. It's 7-0 and when ahead after the second quarter. And 9-0 and when ahead after the third quarter. What about after the fourth quarter? Mm, I think they're undefeated. Oh, that would make sense. 
they are undefeated when they are leading at the end of any given quarter. So, BYU needs to be ahead every single quarter. Yes, we do. I was going to say something that would defy the stat, but I'm not going to go there because jinxes are real, Greg. Yep. Don't let him hear you. <laughs> Hopefully he's not listening to that part. Yes, well, yes. We'll, we'll bleep that part out. We'll put it at a frequency too high for Greg to hear. Um, covering the spread. Does BYU need to cover the spread? Spread is currently at 24 and a half. It's moved up from... Oh, what it's it? moved up to 24 and a half. Uh, it, it was at 23 and a half, I think it opened at, right? Opened at 24. It, it, okay. Because, yeah, 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 that's right. Because I, I guess 23 and a, Or what did I guess? You, you guess 24 I guess 24 and, and a half. Dan, Dan guessed 23 and a half. half. <laughs> it's right in the middle. Um, so it's up to 24 and a half now. Does BYU need to cover slash can they cover? Will they cover? Let me tell you this. Everybody knows this. Good teams win. Great teams cover. We've said it a bajillion times. We need the cover. Granted, with BYU and the way that they play football, with Kalani Satake and the way that he coaches, I would not be surprised if BYU did not cover. I would not be worried if BYU did not cover. Now, if we only won by like a field goal, that would be cause for concern. But if we end up winning this game by like 17 points or something like that and don't cover by a full touchdown, I would not be concerned. That's just the way that Kalani plays football. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if he has never heard of a betting line. Uh, he's a good man. Obviously, would never touch something so vile and so unrighteous yep. as a betting line, mm-hmm. right? No. I. There's no way in heaven that BYU covers this spread. BYU's no. got to be like 0-590 when being a 20-point favorite, right? We saw it against Wyoming. Yep. One by 14 or whatever it was. It's got to be something like that, man. It's absolutely awful. I would like to see us cover the spread at any given point in the game. Okay. Because we're going to win by 14 to 20 points, yeah. right? 14 to 21 sure. is probably the range. And That's I'm fair. fine with that. I don't I don't care, right? As long as yeah. our backups don't play in the second half. Yeah. Or as long as our starters don't play in the second half, I'm fine. Yeah. I would like us to be up by that much at some point, like in the USF game, though. Fair enough. We kind of already alluded to this. We're going to move on to another point. Jaron Hall, we're worried about him. Because Utah State has a history of hurting our quarterbacks. Yes. At what point in the game do you want to see the backups come in? Halftime. Okay. If I'm being brutally honest, I don't I don't think it'll happen at halftime. Probably a couple drives in the third quarter. Yeah. I want to see Jaron Hall with his clothes off. Excuse me? In street clothes with his pads off. Okay, yeah. Amending. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll... Uh, <laughs> you, know, you heard it here first. Nobody clip that. Write the article. Somebody clip it. Write the article. <laughs> tweet it at us. Somebody clip that and tweet it at us. If you do that, we will send you a box of Cheez-Its. Yeah, somebody's going to post that. Just I promise you, I will personally <laughs> drive a box of Cheez-Its to your home if you live within a 100-mile radius. And if you clip that and send it to us on Twitter. All right. <laughs> Rewinding, <laughs> I want to see Jaron Hall on the bench with his helmet nowhere in sight, in street clothes. I do not want to see him be touched in the second half. Yep. Right. I don't want to see him be touched the entire game. No. Nope. But I want backups, especially Conover, to be in all of the second half so that we can give our starters rest for the Notre Dame game and so that we can see the backups. So we yes. can say, hey, our yes. depth is being tested a ton early. I want to see what we got. I want to know who we can trust in game situations. That's exactly what I want to see. I think our defensive line has been, te- has been you know tested. And honestly, yeah. I've actually been kind of impressed by some of the backup defensive linemen that have come but in. Yes, I forget their names. They're like you know big white guys with super John white Nelson, names. Ninety four. Like, yeah, huge, he, huge improvement. He yeah, actually really impressed against Wyoming. Yeah, I would love to see Jacob Conover because after this year, what the heck are we going to do at quarterback? 
We don't know what Jacob Conover is. Four-star kid, was recruited by Alabama, had a scholarship offer, chose BYU, but then you know came in against Utah State last year and you know, was it, a little rattled. Had some wide eyes, sure. Like as you as you know, he wasn't expecting to play that game, so sure, why not? We need to know what we have in Jacob Conover. Right now, he's a redshirt freshman. Is he good? Is he going to be our quarterback for the Big 12 era? Or is BYU going to pursue a quarterback in the transfer portal? Those are questions that we need to know the answer to, and I think that we could find out the answer here in this game. Coming full circle when Conover played his first FBS game mm. and his second FBS game against the same opponent. I, I like that. I would love to see that. I don't know if we'll learn everything about him, but at least we'll get a, a look. We'll right? get something, we'll, you know. We'll, we'll see, and we'll be like, hey, that guy, he's got an arm, dude. Yeah. He has got one arm. We just need to see him make throws. Yeah. If he can make, like, he doesn't have to be perfect. Obviously, he's not going to be. He's no. a redshirt freshman. But we need to see him make throws. We yeah. haven't seen him make a single throw other than, like, a five-yard out route. Yeah. So. That Neil Pau just, like, completely forgot how to play football on. Yep. Um, anyway, uh, do you want to see Gunnar and Puka at all in this game? Uh, a quick injury update. Did we cover this last time? I don't know. I think we, we did. We did. Yeah, Gunnar had a lacerated kidney. But he is he's going clear. to play. Yeah. Uh, we haven't heard anything more on Puka as far as I know. Kalani said in the Kalani show that if it were a Saturday game, Puka would probably play. But because it's a uh, Thursday game, we don't know He also sure. said that he would have gone back into the USF game too. True. That's so, true. True. I mean, that could mean literally anything. Coach speak. I would I would not want to see Puka even like on the sideline of this game. He better be up in the booth, like, or he better be wearing one of those green pennies, calling plays and calling signals. Yeah. You know, Gunner, I would like to see, not for very long, but he does need some meaningful game snaps before we go into Notre Dame and Arkansas. Yeah. Because if the first time he's getting hit is versus Notre Dame or Arkansas, that's gonna be a that's bad. That's gonna be a big hit. That's that's like a big difference, you know, because they they don't hit full speed in practice. They're not gonna take each other out. So I do want Gunner to get some meaningful snaps in. Maybe get himself uh, 50 receiving yards and a touchdown yeah. and yank him. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally with you. I want him to get catches. I want him to get a touchdown. And I want him to get hit. Yeah. I, multiple times. And this is not like I want to re-injure him. No. No, no, no. He, he needs, like, it's kind of this weird thing about football that, like, as soon as you get hit, like, your body kind of settles in. Yeah, it like, calms down. Yeah. You're not worried about getting hit anymore. Quarterbacks will say that all the time. They're super tight in the pocket until they finally get their clock cleaned. And then they're like, okay, like, I can do this, actually. I'm not dead. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see that with Gunnar. I want to see him take a hit. I want to see him just pop back up and get back in the, the huddle, right? Um, I would like to see him play almost like two and a half quarters. Like, I want to okay. see him get a little bit more reps okay. just because of that factor. But, obviously, not the whole game. I want to yank him probably with the starters. Yeah. Give him six or seven targets, five or six catches. Yeah. Give him a touchdown. Run to his side a couple times. I want to. I want to make him block. Make him block. Right? Sure. Yeah. Just, just get him as game ready for Notre Dame as possible. One more question before we move on. Is there any chance this game ends in a shutout? No, there is no chance. Kalani, I don't think has that capability in him. Uh, he's too nice of a human being, which was pointed out by Matt Berry and Lewis Riddick. Yep. Uh, very nice guy. We freaking love Kalani. Everyone loves him. Yeah. Including um, but- the. The coaches that he's playing against. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I don't think it ends in a shutout. Kalani's just too nice. We'll put in the backups. Utah State will get a garbage time touchdown. Would I like to see it? Absolutely. There would be nothing that would make me happier. But I don't think it's going to happen. No, I don't think it's going to happen either. We've not, uh, I, I can't remember the last time we shut out a team. Honestly, I like, was trying to look it up, and I, I, I couldn't like find anything. I'm sure there's probably one game out there. 
like, like against Sacramento State FCS in 2016 or something. Or something. Yeah. But honestly, I don't think it'll be a shutout. I don't think it needs to be a shutout just as long as our offense performs, our defense holds them, and we stay healthy. Yeah, 100% agree. Anything else about the BYU game? I'm very excited for this game. It's a Thursday night game. It is one of two games on th- on Thursday or that are on the on a weekday. College football, sorry. Oh, yes, college football. Yeah, yeah. College football. There are. It's one of two games. I think. I think the Arkansas other one also plays somebody on the SEC. It network. is uh, South Carolina and South Carolina State. Oh, my bad. South Carolina, South Carolina State playing on the SEC network. So I do think a lot of eyes will be on this. Oh game. yes. BYU needs to impress. It's not past the. East Coast FCS voter bedtime. True. It's right at their bedtime. So maybe they'll actually watch some of the game. We need to impress. Come out strong, fast, hit them in the mouth, be up 28 to 0 at the end of the first quarter. I'll be there in the studio section. Maybe you'll hear me screaming, Royal Strong and True! <laughs> Where the Royal Blue! Yeah! Um, Alright, so if you are listening this far, mm. And it's almost game time because you're a slacker and you haven't listened to the whole podcast right as soon as it came out at 6 a.m. like you should. What a loser. If you're not getting up early for this, what are you you doing doing doing? with your life? Come on. Right? Come on. Okay. Anyway, so you can pause here. You all know that we're going to pick BYU to win the game. We've already told you everything about the game. You can pause here, listen to the next part on Friday if you will. But we are. Or you could not be a loser. But we are going to continue on to our college football week five preview. Obviously, BYU is basically the first game of week five. There are some big games this weekend. And maybe the biggest game is General Conference. Yeah. That's a a big game. That is also happening. I'll be there Saturday morning in the student section. (laughs) Oh, let's go. The student section. When the the prophet gets up to talk and it's like... Nelson, Nelson, Nelson. We want Nelson. <laughs> oh, I totally forgot. One oh. thing we have to add is we're going to be seeing a lot of annoying Instagram and Twitter posts because attending the BYU-Utah State game will be Big Game Boomer. Oh my gosh, yes. Which, let it be known, he was on our podcast first. Yep. Before a, he had a podcast. A year ago, when he was still becoming a big guy. We had him on first, mm-hmm. okay. Now he's friends with Ben Cradle and Johnny Linehan. Yup, he's gonna be on. People. He's gonna be on BYU Sports Nation today. What the heck? Yeah, yeah. We had him. We first. had him first, and we were the first to disown him as well. We gave him his big break. <laughs> we love you, John. We love you. Um, Maybe I'll text him. Be like, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? We can go say hi to him. Yeah, go to Sodalicious with him. Honestly, like, hey, yeah. these are our bars. <laughs> Maybe like I'll, I'll, I'll find you at the game. We'll, I'll text John and be like, hey, you want to meet at the... I'll get you a brat. We'll buy a him a cougar tail. tail. I'll yeah. buy him a brat tail. <laughs> uh, anyway. Back yeah. to week five of college football. Yes. Uh, the, the real story. Yep. Um, first off, weekend watch guide. Mm-hmm. It is probably not out if you're listening to it on Thursday, but it will be out Friday morning. There you go. Uh, because we're not going to include the Thursday games because the Thursday game is BYU game. Yeah. And if you don't know that the BYU game's on... You're a loser. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. Um, Jared just had a very disappointed look on his face just thinking about it. Yeah, it was like, for some reason, the Goofy movie is po- popping into my head, like just the sad face of the Goofy movie. don't even know what I'm talking about. I've seen the Goofy movie once when I was like eight. I don't know. Dude, you got to rewatch the Goofy movie. The Goofy movie's lit. Yeah, somebody today called it like a goofy movie. They're like, have you is, seen? It is a goofy movie. Okay, that's yeah. That was weird. It caught me off surprise. They're like, hey, have you seen a goofy movie? And I'm like, the goofy movie or a goofy movie, like a movie that's goofy. And he's like, no, a goofy movie. I was like, 
It is technically. It, t- it took me. It it took me aback. Okay. Well, Fair enough. <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyway, uh, the weekend watch guide the is weekend out. Weekend watch guide. Uh, you can check it out on the website mm-hmm. royalstrongandtrue.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at Jared Buckeye. You can follow the Instagram account at loyal to royal pod. Also on Twitter at loyal to royal pod. Uh, we'll have it up on all fronts. It is printable. It is easy to read, easy to follow. It has rooting interests, uh, reasons to watch the games. Bada bada ba. So go check it out. Yep. We have some big games this week that we need to talk about, but first we need to address a little thing that's happening in the southeastern portion of the country. There is a hurricane ripping through Florida right now. Prayers up to all those, you know, all those people that are in Florida affected by the hurricane. There are a couple of universities that are affected by that, and games have been moved because of it. Yes, we wish all the prayers and safety and protection to those people. It's obviously very scary. Um, one of the games that was moved, several of the games have been, the point totals, like to bet on the over-under, been plummeting. Yep. Plummeting by like 8 to 10 points. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the games that was moved to Sunday, so you get some college football on an NFL Sunday, Finally, something good, right? You About don't, time. Don't have to watch the No Fun League. You can yep. actually watch the Fun League, mm-hmm. the TFL. Yep. Ooh, I like that. TFL, baby. Um, notably, SMU at UCF, 11 a.m. We'll talk about this game a little bit later, but that is a great game. Both of these teams supposed to be really good. Both of them are a little bit underwhelming right now. Mm-hmm. Both looking for like a shot in the arm, if you would say, yeah. right? Not for you anti-vaxxers out there, obviously. <laughs> but both of these teams looking for a shot in the arm. 11 a.m. on an ESPN network on Sunday. So just look out for that. Fair enough. All right, let's talk about some other things that are going on. Friday night, we got a couple of good G5 games going on. you got to give the G5 some love. Mm-hmm. Tulane has proven themselves a pretty good G5 team. Frisky. Going to Houston to play. Houston, who was projected to go to the playoff <laughs> and has since been projected to go to the toilet bowl. Yes, and they might be going to the toilet bowl. They're only favored by two and a half at home mm-hmm. against this Tulane team, who we already know is frisky. I, that's a game to keep your eye on. Yes, it is. Another Friday night game. Dude, this Friday night is going to be electric. Yeah. There's lots of good games. It's going to be a good Friday night. I think the best game on Friday night is this one. Actually, there's two. We'll get to one later, but this one is really good. San Diego State at Boise State. I think the loser just sucks, Yeah. right? No, yeah, that's true. I mean, both of these teams are completely underwhelming this year. Yeah. Bye-bye, Bachmeyer. Said bye-bye. Uh, and San Diego State has absolutely no identity. They look like just like a faceless victim of the Kraken just floating in the water. Uh, you mean the Snapdragon Stadium? Yes. The that's Snapdragon. exactly what I meant. Shout-out to Hank Bachmeyer's mom, who's defending him on Twitter a bunch. Mm. So, shout-out to her. Let's, let's shout-out to – or not a shout-out, but just a PSA to everyone. You do not have to engage with losers on Twitter. Yep. Let, I would just like to make that known. Twitter, we all know, is the dregs of humanity. Mm-hmm. Plus Gregor Bell. He's okay. Yeah. He's he's actually And great. the Royal Strong and True Podcast. And the Royal Strong and True Podcast. Yep. And Jared Buckeye. Okay, so there's yeah. a couple of us, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, Greg and the crew, right? <laughs> um, anyway, um, you don't have to engage with the no. losers online that are smack-talking you. You don't You don't have to. It's, it's not worth it. It's not worth the emotional energy. Anyway, moving on. Um, just a couple more games that we aren't going to mention in our Tipsy 10, but have important storylines that you need to be watching and following. Yep. Uh, number one, Alabama at Arkansas. This is a huge game. Oh, yeah. Massive. The, the Arkansas, obviously, on BYU's schedule, coming off of a wacky loss to Texas A&M. Rest in peace, the top of the field goal post. <laughs> um, 
Alabama, obviously, like 17.5-point favorites, I think. Does Arkansas even stand a chance in this game? What do you want to see from Arkansas? What, 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 what should we expect? I don't know. I'd like to see how K.J. Jefferson does against this Alabama defense, if he's legit or he's just been beating up on dumb defenses. Bad teams. Yeah, they didn't score a ton versus Texas A&M. They did get out to an early lead and then kind of switched to a cons- some conservative play calling that ended up biting them in the butt in the end. I don't think Arkansas has any chance to win this game, but I'd like to see if they at least keep it competitive. Yeah, I'm not super high on this Alabama team. And I yeah. say that every year, and they end up proving me wrong every year, but I'm going to say it again. I'm not super high on this team. I think this might be a frisky game, especially going to Arkansas. You know Wu Pug Sui Stadium is going to be completely full of nose biters and raccoon catchers. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I'm a- sir. Exactly. Uh, watch out for that one. Watch out for that one. How about Michigan at Iowa? Iowa obviously doesn't have an offense, but they do have a defense, and Michigan struggled against Maryland, who does not have a defense. Yeah. Is J.J. McCarthy legit or not? I, that's the question. That is what we're all trying to figure out. He looked legit against UConn, uh, Colorado State, and what was the other team? Hawaii. Hawaii, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I would look legit against those three schools. Like, honestly, like, I'd be putting up intramural numbers against those schools. Honestly, I'm just intrigued to see how Michigan's offense do, do, how Michigan Michigan's offense does. Oh, my <laughs> goodness, what a word salad that just poured out of my mouth. I'm interested to see if Michigan will bounce back and will – at least scare Ohio State, maybe? Yeah. Because if they play Iowa close, then the game is going to be ugly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I want the game to be the game. If Michigan can prove that they're number four, because right now, I don't know if they're number four right now. Obviously, the AP voters still have them at number four, but I'd have them in the top ten, maybe number ten. Maybe. They didn't impress me against Maryland. They didn't no. look good. No, Uh So I want to see a blowout win here for Ohio State's sake, okay. as an Ohio State fan. We also got in the Big Ten, Michigan State playing Maryland. We just mentioned Maryland. Is Michigan State truly as bad as we say they are? Is Maryland decent enough to hang with Michigan on a, I don't know, normal basis? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think Maryland is friskier than we're giving them credit for. They got Tua's little brother at QB. Yeah, obviously Tua, we know, fraud. Yep. Uh, his little brother, fraud, probably, but he's, he's kind of fighting that. He played for. He's playing for a legit school. He's true. He true. gets a pass. Yeah, he doesn't just dink and dunk four yards and have his receivers run for ninety yards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this game is going to be very telling. One, Michigan State fans are going to be pissed if Mel Tucker drops another big game. After the fire. Oh my gosh! This yeah, is to his brother. Look at the first image that pops up. Oh wow, that's scary. Yep. Yeah. Look up. Uh, what's his name? Talia. Talia Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa? What the? Tagovailoa? Tag- well, I don't know why. Yeah. Butchered that so bad. Anyway. Tagovailoa. Yeah. First picture pops up. A little bit scary. Mm. Um, next game, just brief mention. San Jose State going to Wyoming. Wyoming gets them at home. This is the only game of the next five for Wyoming in which they will not be favored. San Jose State actually favored by two and a half points in this one. See, Vegas has caught on. They're asking themselves, is the BYU curse real? <laughs> this is the game that will decide it. Yep. It really will. I... If Wyoming can win this game, prove that they're like the physical team that we saw play BYU, they could rattle off five wins in a row because they just play absolute cupcakes like Utah yeah. State, Colorado State, Hawaii, um, and then like New Mexico or something. Yeah, New Mexico. And then they play Boise State and Fresno at the end of the season. Dude, Wyoming, if they win this game, they might make it to the Mountain West Championship game. They might. That's all I'm going to say. And that would be huge for BYU, especially after we already dropped the game. In the Pac-12 after dark, we have Arizona State who's traveling to play USC. 
honestly, I think USC is going to blow this one out of the water. Arizona State proved on last Saturday when they played Utah that the problem was not Herm Edwards. It was just the team itself. It was the whole team. Uh, and Stanford at Oregon. These are the only two night games, yeah. by the way, this weekend. Kind of sad. Yeah. But you just take what the you know take what the people give you. Yeah. Stanford obviously beat Oregon last year. Which is insane. Stanford is supposed to have a better team this year. Oregon obviously looks a lot better than last Stanford's year. Stanford's been sucking, honestly. Like they've been playing very poorly. Do you give them any sort of chance? They're like sixteen and a half point underdogs. Here's the thing: the game is at nine p.m. That's it's a true Pac-12 late. after dark game, so literally anything could happen. <laughs> that's that's all I have to say. Literally anything could happen. I miss the days when Stanford Oregon was like game day was going to Stanford Oregon. Yeah, you remember back in like 2014. And it was these massive games come down to the last wire. Like I, I love that. I miss that. Um, do you think either of these games in the late night slot have a chance to be good? Like, Sanford at Oregon is the one okay. that I would say is probably good. Uh, Arizona State traveling to play USC versus the like 12 fans in the stadium. I think that's going to be a blowout. <laughs> All right. Well, keep your eye on Stanford, Oregon then. My, my prediction is that USC will win by as many fans that are in the stadium. Wow, so probably like 55 to 0, 55 to 3 maybe? Something like that, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. alright, okay. I, I like that, that's a good, good prediction. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Jared, we just drank some Mountain Dew Major Melon. We did, it was very good actually. And are you feeling a little tipsy? I am feeling tipsy. It's time for the Tipsy 10. Oh my goodness, you guys already know what the Tipsy 10 is, we're going to run right through it. Just a quick update on the standings, Dan is in first place. Up by three on Justin. Jared, another three behind that. Six behind Dan. Bad. We were all eight and two last week, Good. including the fans. Good. So shout out to you guys for that. That was one of the best weeks that we've ever had collectively. Oh, yes. Now let's move on to this week and see what damage we can do. All right. First game. This is the other Friday night game. I think this is going to be way better than people are giving it credit for. Number 15, Washington. Two and a half point favorites in the Rose Bowl. Now, zero fans will be at this game. Actually, there might be some Washington fans there. Might be. Uh, 8.30 on ESPN on Friday night. This, this is this is the kicker. That's how you start off a weekend. Dan's going Washington. Fans going Washington. I unfortunately am going to take Washington. Mm. I think UCLA just doesn't have them in them. I think it's going to be a great game. I just don't think UCLA has it in them to beat them. Fair enough. Honestly, UCLA is undefeated at this point, but they've played nothing but cupcakes. They almost lost to South Alabama. Washington does look pretty good. This has kind of got Pac-12 after dark vibes True. to it, but I also am going to take Washington in this game, which makes it a clean sweep, which will probably be a clean loss for all of us. Now, I will say I do not buy the Washington hype. Not yet. Okay. Because the the reason we're, the reason Washington is ranked is because they beat Michigan State at home yeah. by a lot, right? Michigan State, I don't think it's very good. They just got blown out at home by Maryland. Yeah. Or not Maryland, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So well, Minnesota's is, a, a boat. They're a juggernaut. Yeah, they are. They're not a wagon. They're a boat. They're a boat. Row the boat. Row the boat. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I think that's a prove-it game for Washington. If they can win by three touchdowns, certified good. Fair enough. Next up at 10 a.m. on ABC on Saturday, we're moving there, we got a number 18 Oklahoma team coming off a loss to Kansas State. Traveling to Fort Worth to play the Texas Christian University Horned Frogs. Oklahoma is favored by just a half point less than a touchdown. Who do you got in this one? Uh, This is an interesting one. Um, Oklahoma, obviously Kansas State has Oklahoma's number, right? And we've seen that. They've gone back and forth over the last six years. TCU, 
Screw it. I'm taking TCU in this one. Oh, okay. It's the purple. I'm saying the purple is going to get to Brent Venables. He's going to be reeling a little bit. He doesn't know how to call an offense. This is a defensive coordinator. Right? I'm just blabbering here. Give me TCU. Give me the Horn Frogs. Give me those uniforms. It worked for me last week against SMU. I'm going with it again. They're at home. Sunny Dykes. Give it to me. TCU. I would take TCU if Oklahoma had just not lost to Kansas State. Mm. I do think that they are going to come back, have a little bit of a revenge game. That is why I am taking Oklahoma. The fans, 71% of them took Oklahoma, and Dan took Oklahoma as well. All right. Uh, Next game, 10 a.m. on ESPN. Now, surprising enough, this one has only been shoved halfway down my throat by ESPN. Oh. Very odd for an SEC matchup between ranked teams to only get shoved halfway down my throat to my Adam's apple. Really weird. Um, So, obviously, very undercovered this game. Mm -hmm. The SEC is God's gift to football. Um, Ole Miss at home playing the 7th-ranked Kentucky and the projected number one overall draft pick, Will Levis. Oh, my gosh. Don't (laughs) even get me started on that. Will Levis is going to be a bust. Uh, 100%. I don't even... Yeah. He's terrible. Don't draft him. Don't draft him. I don't understand. Don't draft him. Kentucky's offense, 88th in the country. 88th! Don't draft him. (laughs) The only two SEC schools worse are Auburn and Vanderbilt. Don't draft him. Yeah, don't draft him. Give me Ole Miss... 100% 100% because of the uniforms. Have you seen those helmets they're wearing? Yes, I have. The, My the golly camouflage goodness. Ones. Love them. Don't even need to know who they're playing, where they're playing, why they're playing. If I see those uniforms out there, I'm taking hotty toddy in it. Hotty toddy in a heartbeat. Hotty toddy. Hotty toddy. That's another clean sweep because I'm also taking Ole Miss. Dan took Ole Miss. The fans took Ole Miss. Only 55% though. It was a close one. I just think Kentucky is extremely overrated. They suck. They benefited from beating a terrible Florida team and barely beating them at that. And then they almost lost to Miami of Ohio. Ooh. Yeah, I honestly don't think Kentucky is very good. They're ranked number seven right now. I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the year they're not even in the top 25. Yep. I, either that or the college football playoff is going to put them at number 25 with four <laughs> losses because this is what the college football playoff yep. does. Yep, and they're going to be in a New Year's Six Bowl. So give me Ole Miss on that one. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss, are they, if they beat Kentucky, are they going to be worth that number five ranking that they get next week? You can't tell because Kentucky sucks. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say that. At noon Mountain Time on the worst possible network ever, the, the worst no network that has ever existed, the Pac-X network, we have the Beavers of Oregon State going on to play number 12 Utah in Salt Lake City. Utah is favored by 10 points. Dan chose Oregon State to win this game. The fans chose Oregon State to win this game. Who are you choosing, Jared? You don't even need to ask me. There is no world in which I will ever pick the Scroots to win a football game. It it will never happen. You, you will never see it happen. Also, can we just shout out the Pac-12 Network for being the worst network? This is going to be one of the marquee games of the weekend. No one will watch it. Nope. Absolutely no one, unless you're on that site we mentioned last Stream time. StreamEast.io. Yeah, which so. we are not advocating that you go on no. to watch this game illegally for free very easily. Especially during the break-in general conference. Mm-hmm. You can't go from a spiritual high to an illegal activity so quickly. Unless you're one of us. Anyway, <clears throat> let's move on. So, clean sweep across the board except for my TCU pick so far. Yeah, oh, I guess I should say I chose Oregon State too. Yeah, and Dan chose Oregon State, fans chose Oregon State. But still, that's, that's interesting to me. Yeah. Okay, uh, moving on. 138, well, we think this game is going to happen. There have been rumors that this game will not be played because of Hurricane Ian. Um, is that it right? right? Ian? I don't know. Uh, number 22, Wake Forest, going to number 23, 
uh, FSU. And this is not the FSU acronym that you heard in, uh, what was it, 7th grade probably, 8th grade. This is Florida State University in Tallahassee. Seven-point favorites at home against Wake Forest, who played that very good game with Clemson. Had it stripped from them like a whining child from its mother. Uh, that was a little weird. Um, <laughs> if this game is played at 1.30 on ABC, who are you taking? See, on this one, i got to take Wake Forest. Ooh, okay. I do think Florida State is better this year than they were last year. I think they've also benefited from not playing the greatest teams and playing very well when they did play a good team. Wake Forest coming off that loss at Clemson was a little disheartening, but they know they can compete for the ACC at this point because nobody is going to beat Clemson in ACC play unless NC State does it, which we'll talk about later. Florida State, I do not trust them to start 5-0. and I simply don't. That's true. I just I just don't do that. For that reason, I'm going to have to say Wake Forest. This is a really tough one for me because my gut says Florida State. Yeah. But my head says Wake Forest. Same here. I think I'm going to go with my gut on this one. Actually, ah, but I hate Florida State. I just just give it to me. I already said it. It's gonna take Florida State. Oh, whoa, whoa. that thing. Um, one of the coolest walkouts with the Chief Seminole on the horse with the fire, Planet Half Field. That's pretty dope. It's pretty sick. Politically incorrect. Uh, maybe. Maybe. That's <laughs> up doesn't to debate. Cha- doesn't change the fact that it's freaking cool as heck. It is the coolest thing ever. Um. I don't know. I'm just going to pick them because it would be cool if they were back. It would be cool if Florida State was good again and the ACC was relevant. Yeah. So, Fair enough. you know, I'm going to go with that. Honestly, I hate the ACC. I wouldn't care if they were never relevant again. Yeah. Uh, Cover 3 Podcast, you need to do a little bit less of the ACC. That's all I'm hearing right now. All right. Moving on. At 1.30 p.m. on Fox, we have a huge game happening in the Big 12 that has a ton of implication. Number 9, Oklahoma State traveling to Waco to play number 16, Baylor, who is favored by two points at home. 72% of the fans chose Baylor. Dan chose OK State, Oklahoma State. I think we forgot to mention that the fans chose Wake Forest. Mm. And Dan chose Florida State. Back to Oklahoma State, Baylor, though. <laughs> uh, Dan chose Oklahoma State. Baylor was chosen by the fans. Jared, who do you have? Dude, this is a hard one. This is a really hard one. I want Baylor to win. They're favored by two at home. If it were Baylor's homecoming, I would take Baylor. But because it's not... I'm still going to take Baylor because we need them to be good for BYU's strength record. So, on that fact alone, give me the Baylor Bears and the Mustard Creams. Fair enough. I'm also getting a little grimy on this one. I'm going with Baylor as well. I do think Oklahoma State is a very good team, but Baylor needs to send a message to the media after they have been a little bit, you know, looked over because they lost to BYU, and then they kind of played around with its food a little bit. Yeah. But they did beat Iowa State in Whatever that city is called, whatever that awful Ames, yeah, the godforsaken city. <laughs> Honestly, Oklahoma State probably would win this game if they didn't have Spencer Sanders. So give me Baylor. <laughs> true, we haven't had a Spencer Sanders game yet. That's that's true. Um, next game, also in the Big Twelve, one thirty on ESPN two. The number one team in the nation is playing Iowa State, playing host to Iowa State. Now we've obviously seen the number one team in the nation play crazy games. They beat Duke at home last year. They beat Houston. They've beaten West Virginia on the road. Give me the Kansas Jayhawks. I don't care who they're playing. I am riding with them. They're three-point underdogs at home. Weird. Give me Kansas. Give me the points. Give me everything. Jalen Daniels for Heisman. Rank them. See, Iowa State's like actually sneakily pretty good. They have the number seven rush defense in the nation. 
Kansas can't throw the ball very well and runs the ball basically every time. So that is one thing I'm concerned about. I do want to choose Kansas in this game. I really do. But I do think the story has to come to an end at some point. <gasps> and this is the game. You heathen child. Give me Iowa State. If Kansas wins this football game, there will be a severe penalty. Fair enough. We'll make you record the podcast with a clothespin on your nose or something. <laughs> <laughs> Next up on Sunday. Game moved to Sunday because of Hurricane Ian. Right, right. We have Southern Methodist, Southern Methodist University taking on the University of Central Florida, who is a three-point favorite. Fans, 79% of them chose UCF. Dan disagrees, choosing the Mustangs. Who do you got? Uh, this is another head-and-gut fight one. Yeah. Uh, having a lot of these this week. Um, I'm going to go with my gut again and go with UCF. All right. My brain is telling me SMU. I've seen them in some shootouts. They know how to score points. They didn't beat TCU. They didn't beat Maryland, but they were in those games, right? So I should choose them. But UCF has a running back named Bowser. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's, I ain't picking against you. That's enough. Give me Bowser and the Black Knights. Or just the Knights? I think it's just the Knights. Just the Knights. Yep. Yeah. SMU has kind of struggled lately. They played well versus Maryland, which may be good. Played well against TCU. Maybe good. True. I do think that uh, UCF, this could have been a closer game, but now UCF is playing away from home. It's that big hurricane story. You can't then just beat UCF and send them back to Florida to get rained on. Out of just pure moral alone, I think UCF wins this game. All right. Hey, we like that. Sorry, Dan. We're coming for you. Sorry. We're coming for you, Dan. We're coming for you. Yeah, he's definitely winning that one. Yeah, no, he's going 10-0. and 0. We're going 5-4. and 4. All five right. And five. Five. Fans also on UCF for that one. 3-7. and seven. Um, Number 10, NC State, going to number 5, Clemson. They'll be playing in basically a hurricane. It won't be the hurricane itself, but it will be torrential downpour. This one is very close. Fans have it. 52% on the CLMEO and Tigers. Um, 5.30 ABC. Game day will be there. It's obviously a very big game. NC State beat Clemson last year. I know exactly how this game is going to go, unfortunately. Let me spoil it for you. Spoilers. If you don't want it, skip ahead a minute. Clemson will start off the game slow. NC State will get a 7-10 point lead. Clemson will slowly field goal their way back into the game. Go up by 5 points with like 3 minutes left. And then Iowa, or NC State will march the field and Devin Leary throws a pick in the end zone. Or like butt fumbles or something. And Clemson wins a game they had no business being in or winning. But they do it again. Clemson wins the game. Yeah, you know, that, that's fair. That's really fair. They played with fire last week against Wake Forest, but they were also at Wake Forest. True. I, it was almost 60% uh, Clemson fans. Yeah. Honestly, I have no clue how this game's going to go. NC State's defense is great. Mm-hmm. I think they will do a very good job against DJ Ukulele Ungalunga Bunga. But NC State's offense is absolutely inept. Horrible. And North, and sorry, North Carolina. And South, the team in South Carolina, Clemson, has an absolute juggernaut of a defense. So because of that, I need to take the Tigers. Yeah. I think this is going to be an ugly game. It, it would have been an ugly game if you took out the rain. But add the this rain. This is going to be like 14 to 6. Yeah, 14 to 12. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Um, take the under. I But I think you'd take NC State against the spread. But Clemson money line, right? Yep. I think that's the play. Last up. Do you hear the cowbells? 
By the time you're listening to this, the game is probably over. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I hear them coming from Ogden. We got some cows from the city of Ogden. Mm. Remember, Utah, not a state. Utah uh, Township College community from of Ogden. the inner the inter tribe. <laughs> Intertribe school. Uh, traveling the pro over the play number 19, BYU, who is favored by 24.5 points. This game is happening Thursday. Obviously, we're all choosing BYU. 97% of fans chose BYU. We have one person that we are banning from listening to the podcast. Do you want to call her out? Yes, I will call her out. She's my mother. Her name is Jenny Kong. Now, I will say, she gets off with a warning on this one. She is not henceforth banned from listening to the podcast or engaging with us on social media. We haven't blocked her. But this is your warning, Jennifer. I know you're an alum. We love you. That's why she gets a pass, because she's an alum. Exactly. If I was a BYU fan working for some football network in the Big 12, right? Say I'm working for Baylor. I would still pick BYU. Yeah. I don't don't care if I work for Baylor for 10 years, right? I'm still going to pick BYU. So I don't blame you, Mom. Um, But... A second offense will not be tolerated. Should we play Utah State again this football season? You must choose BYU. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. What are your score predictions? Uh, my score prediction is going to be 80 to 45. No. Okay. Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> no, I think BYU is going to get up huge in the first half, like 35 to 7 big, you know, something really big. And then the second half, we'll kind of just like trade punch for punch. So my guess is probably going to be like 17 to 51 or something. I, I think it's going to be a heavy blowout. Now, do I think this is probably going to happen? Probably not, but that's going to be my guess. BYU gets up big, second half, just kind of whittle away, kick some field goals, stuff like that. Fair enough. My score prediction is 45 to 13. Okay. I don't think we're going to kick a ton of field goals because we are incapable of doing so. So we're going to score true. six touchdowns. We're going to kick that field goal. And sad time or whatever. Oh, are we going to cover the spread? Probably not. Dan is on the document live. He is also putting his score prediction. Shout out to Dan. Shout out Coming Dan. in at literally the perfect time. He is predicting a 41-17 to 17 victory for Brigham Young University. I have never seen better timing in my entire life. That was literally the... This, we gotta just like end the episode on Let's, that. Like, peek behind the curtain for the for the listeners. Yeah, so we do our little picks. We have a Google Doc. Then yeah. we have all the games and we put our picks in. Uh, Dan wasn't able to be with us, so we were texting him earlier to come in and do his picks. He got in just before the show. Yeah. on the doc. Right, we're seeing him on Google Docs, the little pointer thingy, and he types in all of his picks except for the last one, the score. Right, he obviously chose BYU. Um, but. Right as we get to it, he hasn't put in a score yet. And literally, as Justin is finishing up explaining his score, we see Daniel Bradford's cursor just appear in the BYU one and type his score. It's like he has a sixth sense or something. Daniel, clap it up for Dan. He is typing live on the document right now. He is doing a, like, I don't know, the happy sweat emoji. I don't know. Yeah, the few emoji. Tell the listeners. I love them. Oh, hey, listeners, Dan loves you. Dan loves you, and we here at the Royal Strong and True Podcast, we love you too. Yep. Uh, I think that about wraps it up. Any parting thoughts? Obviously, with General Conference, you will have the sound on for General Conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else will be football. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the way it's going to be. Uh, I, Saturday morning, I will be attending the session, and then I have like a lunch after. But uh, yeah, I'll be following as much college football as my wife lets me. Nice. <laughs> Shout out to Kate. Love her. Uh, yep. Uh, anyway, uh, finishing up. This has been a good episode. It's
It's been a little long, but you listeners, we keep saying it's been a little long. This is basically just the average. This, this, this. We'll is just average. keep saying it's a little long, and so the people that are like, "Wow, this is long," they'll be like, "All right, it's coming. They'll shorten it." We're just like we're just, to talk it. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a game time decision. <laughs> it is a game time decision. Uh, but you listeners, you deserve our full thoughts. We will not um, censor them for you, as no. would other networks. I was just telling Justin, it is so frustrating. To have to listen to four different college football podcasts in order to get a full coverage of the week. Yeah. It's it's insane. I have to listen to Greg McElroy talk about the SEC. I have to listen to ESPN talk about the SEC and the ACC. I have to listen to Joel Klatt talk about the Big Ten and the Big 12 and the Pac-12. And then I have to listen to the Cover 3 podcast that talks about the ACC. It's ridiculous. And a little bit of G5 sprinkled in there. If you want if you want anything about the G5, you got to listen to the Sickos Committee podcast. <laughs> they will talk about some random G5 school. They'll talk about a Division II school. Yeah. Did you know that apparently there's a Division II school in South Dakota where the field is in a bowl and there's a road that goes around the upper section so you can park and watch the game <laughs> from your car and they encourage you to honk on the other team's third down. That is you lit. Honk. That is lit. That's incredible. Just learned that from the Sickos Committee today. Yeah. Go follow them. Sickos uh, Committee on Twitter. We love their content on Twitter. Yeah. We are Sickos. Um, anyway, we want this podcast to be where you come. It's your one-stop shop for all of college football. Our biases are wild and rampant, but we still talk about all of the conferences. We may hate the SEC and the Pac-12. We still talk about them. Heck, we spent 10 minutes talking about Will Levis and how he sucks. Yeah. That's coverage, all right? That's any, coverage. Any press is good press. That is absolutely coverage. So, uh, just to remind you all, follow us on Instagram, on Twitter. Go to our website, realstrongandtrue.com. Uh, follow the podcast. Share it with your friends. Recommend it to everyone. Justin has a weird look on his face. Hopefully this isn't a jinx. BYU Football just posted a video of, uh, is that Malik Moore? Yeah, Malik Moore uh, cleaning the wagon wheel. What is he doing cleaning with his broken hand? I don't know. He's hiding his right hand. Like, you can't see it in the entire video. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Because, yeah, he normally cleans with his left hand. Yeah, definitely. Um, but he's cleaning the wagon wheel. Wagon wheel, cool trophy. Dope trophy. Yep. Love the trophy game. Also, can we just be sad for a moment that this game is never going to be played again? Yeah, yeah, we can be sad about it. That's for sure. Uh, Mo- moment of silence. Rest in peace. All right. Okay. All right. Hopefully it gets played again in the near future, but uh, probably not. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We love you. We're excited to be with you. We just love doing this with you. We want this community to keep growing. It's been growing on Instagram quite significantly. Keep sharing the posts with your friends and share the episodes with your friends as well. There's a little share button that you can press on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you're sharing the link with your friends. Or you can just send in the link to our website, royalstrongandtrue.com, where you'll find the weekend watch guide on Friday and you will find links to all of our platforms. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at loyal2royalpod. Make sure you're interacting with all the comment, all the content, and make sure you're leaving a five-star review. We haven't got one in quite some time now. We've had some repeat <laughs> five-star reviews, so shout out to them. Yeah. But we would like to see what you honestly think of the podcast. Send us some feedback on Instagram, Twitter, or through the review function on your platform of choice. Yes, and if you DM us, if you leave a five-star review, we will respond in the show. We've done it multiple times before. Just talking sports about ECU. Yeah. We, we talked with him, and hey, ECU did have a good home field environment. Hand up. I was wrong. So DM us. Let us hear what you think. Um, anyway, love you guys. Goodbye now. Dan loves you. Hey, people. You know, Kansas. Wake up!